Welcome to Awaken Church Online. A ministry of Awaken Church in McMinnville, Oregon. Today's speaker is youth pastor Scarlett McCaw, who tells us how desperately the youth of today need the encouragement and support of adults in their lives. I'm sure you all have heard the quote, the youth are our future, but I want to correct that statement because it's wrong. The youth are what the world needs now. We have this collective worldly thinking that the youth lack experience, understanding, and self-control. This leads to many other negative thinking. The youth are too immature. They're punks. They're rebellious. They're indignant. The list goes on and on and on. They're usually very negative words to describe a group of people trying to figure out what kind of character and life they want to leave into adulthood. And we've all been teenagers, so we all remember how hard it was. Sometimes it's hard to remember that, but it's a good thing to remember. And they hear those words from mature role model adults many of the time, and many of the times people in the church. It takes 10 positive words to counteract one negative. Let that just sink in for a minute. 10 positive words. And that's if They believe those positive words. I just listed a lot of negatives that teens hear on a day-to-day basis. And not just teens, there's younger kids too, as well. You know? And if they don't believe that they're worth anything, what are we supposed to be giving them? Their identity in Christ, right? Let's reel back for a moment, though. As Christians, we do know that the youth can be a strength. There are reminders of that in the Bible and examples time and time and time and time again. We have Esther, a personal favorite of mine, who was around 15 or 16 when she married and came before the king, putting her very life on the line to save thousands of her people. David was around 16 or 17 when he defeated Goliath. And That was after he had already killed bears and lions and all those crazy things. He walked out to a giant with a slingshot in God because he knew who he was in God. Mary, mother of Jesus, Daniel, Jeremiah, Timothy, the list continues to go on. God also speaks directly to all of us to remind us of how important it is to lift our youth up. The most obvious verse is 1 Timothy 4.12, which our high schoolers picked as their verse. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. God is calling the youth to rise up in the spirit and not be afraid to live out their faith. With this, we as adults are supposed to encourage them in that. Yet, Church culture, many times, ignore the youth. Look, they're looked at as misguided or shut down. The teenage years are often the years that really shape someone into their beliefs about the world around them and who they are themselves. The truth can be muddled by how their peers view them, social media, school, and what the schools teach, and how adults treat them. I am not just talking about parents of teens here. I'm talking about all the adults around them. And when it comes to teen faith, 
Four in every 10 teens quits church in their 20s, and one in nine completely leave the faith altogether. That should be a scary statistic for us as Christians. We are the ones who are guiding them. The number one reason, too, is the church is hypocritical and unsupportive. The second reason, they don't feel like they're connected to people. Teens have been discouraged, downtrodden by the church at large, but we have an obligation to change that. In Jeremiah 1.6, God is telling Jeremiah that he created him to be a prophet and to be a man of God. In verse 6, Jeremiah replies, Oh, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. He's literally using the word youth as a negative. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But this is how God responds. The Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. God commands Jeremiah to not speak ill of himself. If we're an extension of the kingdom of Christ, we need to be encouraging teens in the same exact way. He tells them how important he is and encourages him to rise into his faith, not into his fear. Again, in Ecclesiastes 11.9, the youth are blessed with endearment and encouragement. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Now, I know the end seems a little odd, but let's segue this back into how teens are discouraged today. In this passage of Ecclesiastes, the youth are having to figure out what the worldly half-truths are, and we all know there are a lot of them floating around everywhere, and how to come forth into their convictions. Teens are one of the most targeted groups of people to be broken down and cast aside by a secular world as well as the church. They are thirsty for acceptance, identity, and love. Yet, there's this constant wave of discouragement hurled at them by peers and adults. Are you getting the message yet? (laughs) Even if it's not specifically spoken to them, they hear about it from other people. And if you don't think it's happening to the teens around you, you're wrong. I want to share a brief part of my experience in high school equestrian team. Um... Not everybody knows this, but I actually had a dream of becoming a horse trainer, and I was good at it, and I was actually training horses under another well-known trainer at the time, but I was also spending most of my extracurricular activity doing high school equestrian team, and I had four coaches at the time, and there, it was hard. Even though I was one of the top riders, I was never good enough. And I won't say I regret that I'm not a horse trainer today. I'm glad I am where I am. But I missed opportunities, and my path would have been much different and probably a little bit easier if I hadn't listened to 
the lack of encouragement from my coaches. And, and my parents are not a part of that. They were always encouraging. And it's not a reflection of them. But sometimes you don't listen to just your parents because you're tired of your parents. And you think, well, if my parents are the only ones encouraging me, like, am, is there something wrong with me? Because nobody else does. So the specific example is we were getting ready to do a working, fair, uh, working fours um, routine, which is four of us horse riders do these really cool elaborate patterns that mirror image each other. And we do these things called uh, suicide uh, runs where you come really fast to each other and then you stop and turn or go through behind each other. And it's really cool. It's really cool. And you have flags and all this crazy stuff. Well, anyway, you're not supposed to have glitter on your pants. And I told my coaches that at the beginning because, of course, what did they want to do? Spray glitter on our pants to make it look all fancy. They did not listen at all. And I was sure we were going to get disqualified. So we got taken before the board after our event. And they were trying to determine if we should be disqualified because we broke the rules. And we went in and we huddled and talked about it. And I was just like, we have to tell them the truth. I told you guys we weren't supposed to do this and you didn't listen. And even if that means we get disqualified. And my coaches were like, oh yeah, of course. We'll tell them the truth. And then we get before the board and what do my coaches do? Tell them, we had no idea. We didn't mean to. It was no big deal, like just completely. And then afterwards, when I was upset about it, I was literally told by a coach to shut up. And from then on, how was I supposed to trust them? And that was only my second year being in that uh, group. And I was so discouraged. I didn't even feel like I could be excited around them because I remember another instance where I was excited about a pair of reins that I got for a certain event. And they were like, you need to calm down. You need to calm down. Well, I never had these before. It was exciting. This type of behavior persisted all four years. And by the fourth year I was on the team, I was so miserable. I did not even want to live. I felt worthless. I felt like I didn't have a purpose. And they were also the coaches who were telling me, oh, you'll never make money being a horse trainer. Oh, it, you'll never be good enough. Oh, you'll never be this. I was literally the top rider in the state at the time. Anyway, after a while, it starts to seep into your psyche. You know what the youth in my youth group on Wednesday nights tell me about? They are getting bullied by their peers at school, through social media, adults on Facebook. They also have adults literally ignoring them, making jokes about how lazy their generation is, how they're misunderstood, they're being written off, uh, told that they create bigger problems, their drama, which... Sometimes that's true, but we don't have to tell them. We have to encourage them out of it. <sighs> Did you know that teen suicide has almost reached epidemic proportions? In the United States alone, 
Teen suicide has risen by 26% in the last year. 18.8% of high schoolers consider or plan out a suicide attempt, with 9% actually attempting it. I was one of those statistics. That is almost one in 10 kids, teens, teens specifically, that you see every day in your everyday lives in the community. It is directly related to uh, mental disorders, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, lack of support network, social isolation because of the pandemic going on, sense of no purpose, bullying, and anxiety. Anxiety is one of the number one issues that teens face today. Then we had add the pandemic to all of those things and it just makes it worse. Everything becomes even more noticeable. We, as the body of Christ, are tasked with one very important thing, to spread the gospel, and that gospel is hope and purpose. The general joke, generational jokes are not funny. They are words, the words we speak are like breath into another's life. They are important, they are powerful, and they are life. As adults, our self-control when it comes to speaking to and about our teens, and even each other, matters. And this goes for me too. I'm not perfect as much as I would like to be. <laughs> in Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. We are to actively engage with our youth and lift them up. CIY, Christ in Youth, is an organization that has annual events. Now, because of the pandemic, they haven't been able to do it. But this is something that I would like to do in the future with our teens. Um, it is in Corvallis, and I attended it when I was in high school. It was something that really impacted me positively, counteracting the breakdown that I received from my sports coaches. Every adult at that conference was there to pour life into teens like me. They prayed over us every single day. Adults listened to us confess about our doubts and then encouraged us to pray, read our Bibles, and listen to the Holy Spirit. The worship leaders would eat dinner with us, talk with us, rejoice with us, and it was awesome because they were like rock stars, so it was very, very cool. Adults were there to tell us we were important to God and to others. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and we, as individuals, have a purpose not just in the future, not just when we're adults, but right now. Teens are not supposed to be silent bystanders waiting their turn to act out their faith, but they need our support. It is time for the church to exercise lifting our youth up and into their identities in Christ. Morgan is a really good singer, but also has a talent for art that she doesn't show everybody. 
Allie has a massive talent for playing different instruments as well. I would love to get her involved in youth band of some kind for the church. That would be awesome. Devin is an encouragement machine, and he has a lot of struggles in life. But he just keeps encouraging and chugging along, and he is awesome. Jason is great at video games. Mickey, Angelique, and Samantha are amazing athletes. Keith is a fantastic gluten-free chef, and you can't even tell it's gluten-free like it's that good. And he's an animal lover. Tony is a talker. Oh, man, can that boy talk? He can talk more than June. And game master. <laughs> Lily is a leader who is actually helping her mom lead the middle school girls on Friday nights. Uh, and she's a, she is a thought provoker for sure. Damien has a good sense of humor. Kayla is a friendly, very friendly and good storyteller. Micah is a very artsy and musical kid. James, who just started coming um, to the Wednesday nights, just wants to connect with others so much, and he is such a social butterfly, almost as much as June. <laughs> All of these teens come to our youth group, and I am trying so hard to get them to come to church, too. But I am one person. So I have five practical actions that all of us can take to uplift our youth as a church, even more so than just words. One, let's start planning to go to events once a lot of them start again. Our teens are in sports, band, choir, dance, scouts, drama, you name it. They are a part of it. And as soon as I can get schedules for some of that stuff, we all should start going. And it doesn't mean you have to go to every single one. Go to one here. If you don't like football, don't go to that one. I'll go for you. You know, stuff like that. We can all find time to take out of our schedules to show up once in a while. Because sometimes parents are not enough and some of them don't have parents who are supportive. But not only this, it is a super strong witness to our community when we as a church step up and support our teens beyond their parents. Two, let's pray. We can be specific about how we pray for our youth, for them to be hopeful, for them to be happy, unburdened, faithful, and impactful. Praying that they can become all that God intends for them, but also what he intends for the community to see out of it. We can start praying with them. We can ask them what they need prayer for and also pray words of wisdom and the Holy Spirit in them, coming together to uplift and guide them. Prayer is such a powerful tool and great way to connect with those who are looking up to us to be examples of Christ, grace, love, and hope. Three, Volunteer time. And I don't want the excuse, it's not my gift. Like, there's something that you can provide. I know we are all busy, but these are some of the most formative years in a teen's life. We as adults can volunteer time. And where, do you might ask? I have all the answers. No, I don't. But I have some of the answers. Wednesday night youth group, for starters, it doesn't mean you have to come to every single one. 
okay? One or two. We have different themed Wednesday nights. We have an art night. We have a movie night. Just coming and connecting with the kids. It doesn't mean you have to teach, you know? Some of these kids you can't teach necessarily. You have to wait for them to come to you. Just connect with them. We would also really like to do once a month a testimony from some of the adults. That would be a really cool thing. And I've asked and asked and asked, and some people have been like, yeah, yeah. No, I need a commitment, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, Anne is one of the people who volunteers her art expertise once a month at the uh, art nights. Jim also is somebody who has volunteered time by going out of his way to hire teens to help around his farm, seeing the potential in individual youth. Schools have volunteer opportunities. Kimberly asks teens to come and help her with home projects sometimes. It's work, but you can feed them in pizza and they'll be happy. And there are organizations all over McMinnville that need volunteers for at-risk teens. Number four, watch for opportunities. We can also be watching out for opportunities in our day-to-day -day life to uplift the youth. When we see teens walking around the neighborhood, don't be creepy, but maybe give them a wink, a smile, a wave. Again, don't be creepy. <laughs> Heck, ask if they're having a good day. I even challenge us to ask if we can pray for them. And if they say no, just leave it at that. It's okay. You made a connection. Wouldn't that change the way they see the church, though? Going out of your way to talk with them. Much like what I've been talking about today, take the time to engage with them. Ask about some of the things they like. If you don't like it, it's okay. You can still listen. You can have them teach you something. We can all still learn. Encourage them in their dreams. Not their genes, just their dreams. Challenge them in faith. Speak their identity in Christ and how important they are. They will take those words to heart and they will share them with the world around them. If you see a teen looking distraught or upset, ask if they need help. Don't just walk by. You can show them kindness and hope even if it's just calling somebody else for them. We can all help. And you see it all over the place. You just have to open your eyes a little bit. And five, social media. We need to show self-control when speaking about the younger generations. Let's type about their potential and bless them for all the good things they do. Let's show off their achievements. Let's bless them in the name of the Holy Spirit. Actually, one person who does a fabulous job of this is Melanie with her kids. She, when they get their driver's license, when they make any kind of accomplishment, when they play a game uh, in the stadiums, even if they're there for five minutes of the play, she's talking about it. That is super important. Let's post the videos of teens making a difference in their communities for Christ. Let's show the world that the church values the young. All of these things can remind teens of who they are in Christ and that they can make an impact. In the name of Jesus, they can take down Goliaths. They can come before kings. 
They can have faith to save nations. They can trust in a God that has their best interests at heart because we have their best interests at heart. They don't have to fear the world because they don't have a church to guide them in it. We, the church, need to become the light for a generation that is quickly losing hope. God has gifted us with a task to raise up our youth. You see, the youth have never just been what the future needs to God. The youth have always been what God gives the world now. Lord, it's so heavy on my heart. I've been one of those teens that struggled and needed support and guidance. And it's just getting worse. And we can be there. And I just challenge each and every person to really reach out to these teens and let them know that they're important to you and they're important to the world around them. And I just pray that they can feel that more than anything else in this world and can spread that around like a wildfire. Let us change the community in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Awaken Church Online. Join us next time to hear a message from Elder Alan Schwartz about the Christian spiritual anchor.